Welcome to the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. I'm Ashlyn Dave, your host. We've got a great show lined up, so let's get started. And this is Ashlyn Dave, and this is the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast, episode 283. Call this one uh, Ashlyn Half Marathon Training. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, training for that Ashland Half Marathon that's coming up later in August. It is the week of July 25th, 2021. I'd like to thank you for coming along. Uh, if you're a returning listener, I am most appreciative that you've come back to download the show again. Uh, I've been doing this podcast for uh, quite some time. I was just thinking about it the other day. My uh, daughter's getting ready to turn 20. And um, I started the podcast in 2008 when she was almost seven years old. So um, that's been a long time to put out a podcast, even though I only have 283 episodes, because I can't get one out you know, every week or every other week. I actually have a life outside of the podcast that um, I have to do, uh, as opposed to some of these folks that sit down and do can do a you know, get a podcast done every day. doesn't mean they don't have a life. It might mean that maybe that's part of the job or whatnot. I just am not able to do that. Anyway, I kind of got off onto a tangent there, which I didn't really mean to do. Um, got a, a decent show uh, for this time around. A um, couple of different things to think about. One of the uh, main things I wanted to talk about was kind of where I was with the training, with the uh, half marathon training that I'm doing with uh, Team Wolfpack, which is my uh, running group. I said almost said wanting group, my running group. Uh, we did a nine-miler on uh, Saturday of this past weekend. Uh, ran with Ashlyn Brad. It was just the two of us this time, but we kind of had a virtual connection with uh, the other folks in our running group, uh, Ashlyn Ron, Ashlyn Bob, and Ashlyn Tom. So Ashlyn Bob and those three, uh, Bob, Tom, and Ron, were all in different parts of, actually, I think everybody was in different states. Ron was in New Jersey. Uh, Bob was in North Carolina, and Tom was uh, elsewhere in Virginia. Um, but we all kind of checked in. It looks like everybody got their nine their nine miles, and we're following a very simple program that is a just finish program. It's not a, a time or anything like that. Really, the goal is just to get to the finish line. The race is on August twenty eighth, and uh, it's weekend always the weekend before Labor Day weekend, and um, it's just it's one of the uh, the worst weather races that I ever have ever done. Uh, I think the worst one was the um, Dahlgren Heritage Trail 50K that I did several years ago in August, um, 31 miles in just uh, Central Virginia humidity, and I it was just uh, this is the race that if you've listened to the show before you've heard me say this is the one that has um, uh, soft drinks and a in a tub of ice water literally right at the finish line now you don't have to pass the finish line and walk you know 10 feet to the aid it's literally right at the finish line and uh i I said i could never do that race again because i really thought it was doing probably doing me more harm 
Um, but I'm starting to feel that way about the uh, this uh, Patrick Henry slash Ashland half marathon because it's just so humid. And so my, my hat is off to the people that go out there and crush it you know, and, and run real fast. It always takes me about two hours and 10 minutes to, to finish that, 212, something like that. I've run it many times. Um, it starts and finishes right here where I live. I can I walk up to the starting line and I can walk home from the race. And I really do like it. Uh, I like the atmosphere around it. It's just once you get going, it's just really, really hard. So uh, we did nine miles uh, kind of virtually somewhat in person uh, this past weekend. We have a 10-miler next week, and then we do a fallback. And then we go on up to um, – let me see here. I'm going to check my schedule. So we do a 10-miler, then it falls back to a 10K. I'm just talking about the long run on the weekend. I'm not uh, concerned about the midweek runs as much. I do basically a four and a four. And then the long run, I'm not doing three weekday runs. I just do two because I uh, do gym workouts, and I just feel like uh, my date, my body needs a break. Two days out of the week, which is generally a, uh, a Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, and then the Sunday. Um, then we go 11 miles, 12 miles, and that's and then the, the week after that is, the, uh, is race day. Um, so we've been doing that, and I've had a little bit of an issue that has come up. And um, in the last show, I talked about uh, getting a new dog, and I think I talked about that. I um, I was looking at my notes from last show, and I, I wrote puppy news at the bottom. I'm not sure if I uh, talked about it or not, but uh, I'll briefly mention. We have a new dog named Twyla. It's a female uh, yellow Labrador, and uh, she's been a real good addition to the family. Uh, she's going to be my running dog once she's old enough to uh, handle the getting out there and then, you know, running a few miles. And I'm really looking forward to it. We got her in uh, some puppy obedience training now. Um, when she graduates from that, we will work on, we'll put her in a basic class. And my wife, who's a uh, mental health therapist, has uh, would like to uh, pursue having her work as a therapy dog uh, for some of her clients, which requires a very, uh, very obedient dog. And there is a training program for that. So, uh, I think she's going to go all the way with this. Uh, the current dog we have, Blue, probably could have done that, but um, she just wasn't really established in her own. Uh, she has her own practice now. My wife does, and she just wasn't quite established with her own practice to to deal to do the therapy, uh, the have the therapy dog. So this new one will probably end up being that uh, doing that on the side, and she's going to definitely be my running partner as uh, as she gets older. Now. When we first got Twyla, and that's a T-W-Y-L-A, um, we had a personal a dog trainer come to the house and just give us some pointers uh, initially on um, because it had been so long since we had had a, uh, basically a baby dog. Uh, long ago, had a dog named Otis that I got him at, I think we got him about eight weeks I think we got him a little bit earlier than we were supposed to. And we never really knew exactly how old he was, but we knew uh, he was, you know, a very small dog when we got him. And uh, he was always very passive. Uh, but we had, we raised him from, you know, crying and, and uh, crying at night, uh, missing his, his mother dog, to uh, all through all the little puppy stuff, house training. Uh, that's what we're doing with Twyla. We're getting, getting her house trained. Uh, which is a real big deal. If you've never owned a dog, um, 
getting a dog house trained is uh, you have to pay a lot of attention to that because you don't want to mess your house up. So you got to keep the dog kind of confined in an area so it doesn't have so much room and it's a lot easier to clean up your kitchen floor than it is anywhere else. Um, anyway, since it's been so long, God, I'm making myself yawn. Am I, am I that boring? I mean, gosh. Um, since it's been so long since we had a puppy, uh, like a, a baby puppy, when we got blue, he was uh, several months old. Uh, Twyla was, uh, I think she was maybe, she was 10 weeks when we got her. I can't remember. Um, but we needed to have somebody come in and give us some help. And, uh, and that person did. And so we kind of did the training on the floor. And when I leaned, I, I went down to take a knee and I felt something pull in my left heel. And it hurt. And um, I was able to walk on it, but it, it's been painful ever since. I've been able to run on it and uh, get through this training. But uh, I'm having to treat it with um, ibuprofen, uh, maybe a little bit more than I would be comfortable with. And um, I think I'm going to be able to make it through the half marathon distance. And then at that point, I'm probably going to have to take two weeks off from running altogether and just and let the, the heel heal because um, it's not uh, it's not getting worse. It's just not getting any better. And I have to be able to walk around at work. I don't have to run at work, but I need to be able to walk around with minimal pain. And I think if I just stop the running for a couple of weeks, that should that should handle that. Um, I don't think anything tore. It doesn't hurt. Um when I've got my, you know, my feet up on the ottoman, when I'm, you know, sitting in my chair watching TV or any, or whatever, it's only when, uh, only when I'm walking on it, or if I put too much pressure on the heel. But thank goodness I have really cushioned shoes because that that, that really does. Um, it's a big difference. I haven't been able to wear flat flip flops at all, which aren't good for your feet anyway. But I, I tend to wear them uh, because they just don't have any cushion in the heel, and I feel like I'm just making things worse. Um, when I'm walking on it. So I got that issue going on, but I, uh, you know, I did the nine miler yesterday and I'm not really having too much trouble today getting around. I've got a handful of things I got to do around the house after I finish producing the show, which requires some, you know, walking back and forth. Um, we're getting our kitchen floor redone this week and some painting done in our kitchen. And so everything's going to be in complete disarray. And so I'm, I'm taking stuff outside. We're moving furniture out of the kitchen area. Um, taking some stuff out of some of the cabinets that we're going to have uh, some work done to them. And so I just don't have time for it to hurt. We really don't. Uh, so we'll see how, we'll see how things end up and I'll, uh, I'll give an update in the next show. All right. So let me move on to my next topic. So I, I, I spent some time. Uh, I get excited when the Olympics come around. I, I like to watch some of the sports that you don't really see that often. Uh, but during the lead up to that, I was watching some of the uh, women's gymnastics uh, team trials or uh, competitions or whatever they call it for when they're um, trying to qualify for the team. And I was watching this, uh, the unbelievable gymnast, uh, Simone Biles, and I was watching her on one of the floor exercises and uh, the commentators were talking about how high up in the air uh, she got. And I never heard them say how high she got. But she's clearly getting, you know, six, seven, possibly eight feet or higher up in the air when she's doing one of those tumbles that she ends up uh, landing on her feet. So she's doing the handsprings, um, the backwards handsprings, catching all this momentum, and then uh, thrusting off with her legs up into the air with all this momentum. 
And uh, it looks to me that she's going well over eight feet in the air. And that got me thinking that uh, how there's um, the track, the, the high jump record. What is the high jump record for track and field? And it looks like it's uh, just over eight feet. And I so I got to thinking, well, why does it, I wonder why no one's ever told her to go try um, and uh, beat the high jump record because she has a, a cushion thing to land on unless there's some rule about how you can't do handsprings uh, going up to the to the high jump bar. Uh, she would clearly hold the world record in that too, as well as all these other gold record, uh, gold medals. Um, I don't know, just something that uh, Ashley Dave thinks about from time to time. But she's clearly uh, so talented and probably get a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of medals. Um, which leads me to uh, just some commentary about the uh, United States women's soccer team. I don't quite understand uh, the whole idea of um, using the national anthem uh, and your uh, representation of the United States on a world stage to then protest uh, your dissatisfaction with, with what is happening in the United States. So um, let me just kind of explain this out a little bit from the way I look at it. The um, like the way I feel about the United States, uh, you know, I love the United States. I love this country. Uh, there's incredible opportunity here. It's kind of like um, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know you're not perfect, but you still have self-esteem. I mean, you still get up and go to, go to your job or, or go to your training or, or school, and you know you're not going to get everything perfectly right over the course of the day. Uh, you might not get hundreds on all your tests. Uh, you might not have the best proposal in the world. Uh, you might, uh, you know, be assertive at work and hurt somebody's feelings, or somebody might hurt your feelings, or what have you, because you're not perfect. But you still, you still keep going forward. That's how I kind of look at the United States. It's not a perfect nation. There's just too many people here for us to uh, all completely agree on every issue the same way. Uh, because it's just too big, but we keep going anyway. And the the symbol that unites us uh, to keep going forward is the American flag. So I, I just don't understand why uh, people who have the greatest opportunity to represent the country on a world stage seem to just have some kind of problem with it still. And I, I, I just don't, I think, I don't think I'll ever understand that. Um, it's really, uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's where the kids start out. It's where kids start out. They're product of their parents. You know, all the parents want their kids to have better. Um, there's so much. Un, there's so much opportunity here. It's uh, there's no um, there's no country anywhere that you're going to find that has more opportunity than here in the United States. And I, I just don't understand why when someone's on the world stage, um, they're going to take take that. Um, take that opportunity to, to show their dissatisfaction of it. There's other times to do it that I, I personally feel like are more appropriate. And uh, you might actually get your message out. For example, um, Megan Rapino, she's constantly talking about how, I guess, awful things are and impressive and all this and that. Yet she's clearly always playing. You know, she doesn't seem to be missing any type of soccer games that she wants to play on the world stage. Um, her message is not getting to somebody like me because of her method. Um, the, I think it was the track star who came in, I guess, third or fur or whatever it was, who turned away when the national anthem was being played, regardless of what the circumstances were, whatever her message is, it's not getting to me. Um, because I'm not going to be watching on that stage. I'm not watching the women's soccer team play because I'm not going to, I'm just not going to be an audience to people who aren't, um, 
being glad for representing their country on the world stage. Look at these other countries, man. A lot of them are, are just proud. They're, they're practically crying when they're singing their country's national anthem. Um, you know, that, they, that, that's what makes people feel good, in my opinion. Uh, but in this country, there's just so many people that just seem to want to tear it down. So I'm going to stop right there with the commentary on that uh, of the Olympics because I do want to watch some of it. I was watching some cycling the other, uh, I guess, earlier today, and it looked like they were on a, a racetrack, a, a vehicle, a car racetrack, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I watched the rowing, which they call Skulls, uh, in the, I think they called it the Tokyo Bay. And um, I guess I watched some of the gymnastics, men's and women's, and then the track and field whenever that comes on. Um, and hopefully, you know, people will, uh, Americans who get medals will show appreciation for that and for all the people back home that made that possible for them to be there uh, because they're not, they're not paying their own way. It's corporations, I think partially the government, which is our money, and even and so much, and even some, you know, corporations for people that buy money from those corporations, they're not, none of these athletes are paying their own money to get themselves over to Tokyo and funding the whole thing themselves. And so I just have a, I just think people should show some, show some appreciation. All you have to do is watch uh, Saving Private, the beginning scene of Saving Private Ryan to uh, see what happens to uh, people that make, that really are uh, making the ultimate sacrifice there. Um, and then of course the NFL is, uh, I quit watching that in case anybody was wondering, even though I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. First of all, they don't really play in the market where I live. I could watch it online, which I have. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's, I think it's civilly illegal, but I'm not sure. Um, but it's just gotten to the point where there's just, you know, there's so much messaging going on other, other than advertising, of course, during the ads. It's just, I just lost interest. I used to watch sports just to kind of escape a little bit. I, I do like watching the international soccer, but I'll fast forward to like the first three or four minutes of the game. So I don't have to see any of this nonsense that goes on. Um, when they all kneel or, or whatever they're doing, nothing's changed. You can kneel the rest of your life. Nothing's going to change. The only thing that changes are, is when people's hearts change and people kneeling aren't going to make people's, in my opinion, aren't going to make people's hearts change. Um, you got to affect it uh, at the government level and, and people make the uh, changes at, at government. Um, all right, well, let me get to, uh, get off the soapbox if I haven't lost you already. And uh, talk about, a, I got a letter from Sandy, and Sandy sent me a sticker that uh, says, stop, uh, what does it say? Uh, oh, it's don't effing litter. And it has the F word all spelled out. Um, protect the environment over top, and then underneath says skunk ape events. And so uh, she thought I'd like that. She says, uh, I know how you feel about, hey, Dave, I know how you feel about litter. A guy from Florida gives these out at his running events. He sent me a few of these. Um, I knew you'd want one, Sandy. And you're darn right, Sandy. These are cool stickers. So it sounds like uh, there's other people out there that hate littering as much as I do. And um, if, uh, if, if you listen to the show before, you know how I feel about litter. I'm pretty strong about that. There's nothing wrong with trash. Um, but litter is trash in the wrong place, and that's all it is. And what I can't stand is when um, somebody throws something out in front of my house across the street. I live across from a vacant lot at the end of a street where there's a stop sign, and people will come around the corner going north in front of my house, uh, which if you're facing out my porch, that'd be going, the cars would be going from left to right. That'd be north. And they'll the driver will toss something out 
um, on the le- on the driver's side. This is not all the time, but it's enough where it bothers me. I have to go pick it up. And then um, passengers, somebody will throw it out on the passenger side going southbound from right to left when they get to the stop sign, which is about three houses down from mine. And so, you know, you can see the patterns. And not too long ago, my wife was out there with the dogs, and somebody uh, came through and smashed a bottle. Uh, clearly, they didn't see her. Uh, otherwise, they probably wouldn't have done it because nobody wants to get caught litter, and they always want to do it when they think nobody's looking. Um, she called the police, and uh, she had a description of the vehicle, and, and it was, sounds like it was the same uh, litter bug that I had identified before. I guess two years ago, I did a podcast about that where I talked about how I, I caught the guy that was doing the cereal littering around my house uh, of the natural light tall boy cans and because he always dented them in the same place, and then he uh, developed a pattern of when he did it, and I was able to be outside when I and uh, and saw him. I didn't see he was driving the car, but I, I was able to identify the vehicle, and then I, I, since I was still on the job back then, I uh, he had a little visit by the police, and things stopped for a while, uh, but they kind of picked up again periodically, and what I should probably do, Sandy, is take this sticker down to this guy's mailbox and just Put it in his mailbox. I guess uh, if it's in the mailbox, is that considered littering? I've also considered taking the can, whenever a can is found that I believe uh, is, is attributed to him, and uh, just go down there and setting it in his driveway and just putting a note with it saying, please recycle. I don't know. Would I be uh, accused of littering if I, if I took something down there and placed it in his driveway um, and then rang his doorbell? Or just went up to the house and said, hey, I think you left this in front of my house. Um, I'll leave it here for you. I mean, would that be considered littering? I don't know. I mean, I, I would definitely make contact with them. I'm not just going to toss it in his yard because that's just as bad as what he was doing. Uh, but anyway, so that was uh, from Sandy. I appreciate that a whole lot. Kind of got on the soapbox there. That's kind of what this podcast is, a little bit of a soapbox. Um, but I did get a – and I'm not even going to go into the email bag section of the show music. Sorry, Bob. Um, but I got an email from Ashlyn Bob, which I'll share. It's – um. So Ashton Bob is, uh, I don't know if he's going to be running the half marathon or not on August 28th. He talks about how much he hates the race. So maybe if I call him out on the show, he'll, he'll tell me one way or the other. He talks about how much he hates it, how he's not going to do it. But yet here we are right in the middle of the training for it. And so I'm just kind of curious if he's just doing the training for no reason or is he just going to kind of surprise everybody and and show up that day? Because I know me and, I know Tom's going to do it because he's done every single one. Uh, Brad is going to be out of town. He's deferred his registration to next year. Uh, uh, something came up where he has to take a business trip that's taken him um, extended. Uh, he's not going to be available that Saturday morning. And um, and uh, and Ron's going to do it. So Bob says, um, I got an email from him and uh, shortly after the last show. And he's like, Ash and Bob checking in. You vote uh, enjoyed your latest podcast. You motivated me for the Smurf Challenge. He says he, he probably can't do more than five push-ups, uh, getting closer to 200 pounds, but he's a long way. We'll see how far your motivation carries me. So Bob, is, he's, what he means, he's over 200 pounds like me. And this is what I'll say, because this is what I talked about on the last podcast, is that um, I do 100 push-ups two days a week along with uh, my regular gym routine that I've gotten, I got a like a prescription workout from one of the fitness leaders. That's a professional at the, uh, the company where I work at has a really cool fitness center and that's so underused. Um, even when people came back on July 1st, uh, 
the building is is not back to full capacity, but it's very close. Um, I'm just still surprised that there's just not that many people using the fitness center. I mean, it's just all state of the art. It's outstanding. Um, I really like it, and I don't want, I don't understand why more people out there. But Bob, if you're listening to the show, man, get start with five push ups. Start with two. Um, do two push ups. Do something else, and then come back and do two more push ups. And over the course of a half hour. You know, do two, two to five push-ups like every five minutes, and before you know it, your your muscles are going to start building that endurance, and um, you'll see a difference after a while, and and you you won't regret it. That's for sure. There was one time I tried to do the hundred push-up challenge where I you um you follow some program that the ultimate goal is to do a hundred push-ups at a time, and I just didn't think that would be possible. Uh, so I kind of went a different route. I do sets of tw- five sets of twenty when I do my, my pushups. And uh, I got to tell you, man, when you're on your way home and you think, man, I just did a hundred pushups. No, I don't do them all at one time. I don't have that kind of muscle endurance, but I'm getting close. So uh, it is a lot of, it's very enjoyable. And, uh, Bob, just in response to your email, I would say, um, uh, now's the time to start. Don't wait till next week or, you know, I'll do it over the winter or, or next year, 2022. I'll, you know, I'll start with a new new year's resolution. Just get started now. That way you'd be so much better. Um, 2022. Um, because uh, I tell you, this uh, guy James that runs the fitness center where I, where I work, his motto is make today better than yesterday. And I just, I like that. I really like that a whole lot. I mean, you could, you could apply that in religion, fitness, uh, your own work, uh, make today better than yesterday. And I just might include that at the end of the podcast if I remember. All right, just a couple other thoughts here before I uh, wrap up the show. It's going to be a little bit shorter, um, about 20 almost 26 minutes in now just a little shorter this time sometimes i got a big stack of stuff sometimes it's kind of flimsy and thin um uh two things so um if you're like me uh, i'm 52 years old i we get a daily newspaper i know that's kind of old school but i i like just bringing a paper in and, and put you know spreading it over the table and looking at it while i'm drinking my coffee or eating breakfast or whatever uh, Mondays and Sundays where I live, uh, the Richmond times dispatch, that's the big obituary uh, day. And, um, I swear more times than not, there is uh, someone in there that I know who, who has died. And it, I guess it is just with, when you, as you get older, um, and I've, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have any problems saying that, you know, in my career working in law enforcement, I've met shitloads of people in my career in this county and in the Richmond metro area. And it's just weird to see uh, almost almost every time it's someone's parent, someone's child, or a relative or something, I'll recognize a name, and I'll read down a little deeper in the obituary, and, and, and there it is. Uh, today, and today's, today's Sunday, in today's paper, I saw my high, my senior high school senior English teacher uh, who had passed, Mrs. Bowden, and... Um, it was just weird. It just brought back a lot of memories from my senior year and, and where I sat in that class, which I, I had to sit in the front row because I wasn't a troublemaker, but I tended to talk a lot. And so I had to sit in the front row. And I'm not really sure if she liked me or not, but I always had, had respect for her. She graded papers. From what I remember, I just remember, you know, she was fair. Um, I, I wasn't an excellent student, but I wasn't a crappy student either. Um, and I remember this girl that I dated sat right behind me. So it was very difficult. I don't know why we, she, um, the teacher didn't split us up. Uh, but it, so I would get in trouble for turning around a whole lot and, and talking to this girl that uh, happened to be dating at the time uh, in that class. 
Uh, that obviously is not the person I married. But anyway, I saw that. And then um, there was another obituary in today's paper of a fellow that I knew from church and also knew professionally. And uh, his wife had gotten hit by a car and, and died several years ago. And then um, he uh, took his own life a uh, week before last. And uh, it was just very, very sad. His funeral's coming up uh, August 3rd. So I'll be going to that. Um, and it's just a very sad situation uh, when, when someone does that. It's uh, sad all around. Uh, and then the next thought was... Um, you know, how about this COVID thing and all these variants? I guess we'll be uh, going through the Greek alphabet probably. And uh, but more specifically, John Rahm, who is a professional golfer on the PGA Tour, he had to pull out of the Olympics because he had a positive COVID test. When I think it was just a month ago, he had a positive COVID test and had to pull out of the Memorial Tournament. And I mean, it, but he's never been sick, so it makes me wonder really what's going on with these tests um you know i didn't lick doorknobs or nothing at convenience stores during the pandemic but i kind of felt like i was exposed to a lot enough stuff you know just carrying on with my life was pretty much normal with the exception of when i had you know you had to wear a mad to wear a mask at my office otherwise um you know you get in trouble but i didn't wear them inside you know when i went to convenience stores i just like i'm just gonna go in if they tell me to leave i'm gonna leave and i didn't get sick i never uh never had to get a test or anything like that. My wife had a, a few times where she had to get tested because she just, something felt weird, but she never had it. Uh, but what, you know, what, what's up with this guy? I mean, who's he in contact with to, to have these two positive tests where he just, you know, couldn't believe it. And it makes me wonder a little bit about the test because, um, again, you know, he apparently wasn't sick. So I don't know how all that works. Um, just a lot of fishy stuff to me. I'm not saying the pandemic is, is a scam. It's not. There's clearly people that died. But we're just getting so many conflicting messages from the government. And uh, it's really just hard to uh, it's hard to know who to believe. I've kind of gotten to the point now where I'm kind of skeptical. Skeptical of everything. And then um, I guess the last thought is I was reading something somewhere about uh, so media, social media use and people that promote themselves and this and that and I started thinking about my own podcast, and, and is that what I'm trying to do in my own podcast? I started the podcast uh, for accountability and distance running to hold myself accountable and not necessarily to make money or do anything like that I, um, or to bring attention to myself. But I've, I've met so many interesting people through producing the podcast that I've kept it up, even though I haven't been doing it as often as I'd like. But I still stay in touch with some of those people. And every now and then I'll hear from a new person who says they've been listening for years or they've been listening from the beginning. And uh, they just now finally remember to, to send an email and, and say, hey. Uh, so let me just leave you with this. If you are still listening to the show and you have never written in, send me an email at ashlandave at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L, wait a minute, A-S-H-L-A-N-D-D-A-V-E at gmail.com. Let me know where you hail from, what kind of running you do, and how long you've been listening to the show. Because I think I need a little bit of a lift right now. And sometimes when I hear from people and I know that they're listening and, and that they're running, and if something, anything that I've done has helped them, that gives me uh, lots of inspiration. Uh, similar to the last show, I got an email in the email bag section of the show, and it, it really made me feel good. And, and sometimes I need that too. So if you have the time to do that, I'd really appreciate that. You can also go to the ashlanddave.podbean.com 
uh, website and uh, scroll down to the right side of the screen. If you want to send in a voice message, uh, you can edit it, delete it, whatever. Um, just kind of keep it to a minute. And so I can uh, include that in the show. And, and uh, that gives me something to talk about. And sometimes puts me on a whole new tangent of something to talk about. Uh, if someone gives me an idea, um, you know, I like the, I like that kind of stuff. So um, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, this is Ashlyn Dave uh, reminding you to run to the finish. Keep on running. Don't forget to hug your kids. Make today better than yesterday. And y'all have a good week. Take care. Bye.